everyone, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. My name is Steph Sia, I am the host of the show. You may know me on stage, I go by the stage name Kimchi, and I'm also a digital content creator, so I do an OnlyFans, which I've had for a couple of years now, and I was also a former sugar baby back in the day. And that's just a little bit about me in terms of sex work. I have been doing this podcast for the past couple of years, interviewing different guests um, in all facets and all different forms of sex work, whether they're dancers, they're cam girls, um, you know, directors, producers, dancers, whoever. Um, I really want to be able to provide a really holistic approach to sex work so we can begin to normalize and destigmatize this industry. So. That's just a little bit about me, but I'm really excited to have recently connected with today's guest. And I am so excited to talk about the topic we're gonna be talking about today, which is cosplay and sex work. And as a former anime geek, like back in the day, like I've been dying to speak about this topic for so long, but I just never really had an audience. But then I realized I do have an audience for this. And I'm just seeing more and more uh, girls getting into cosplay, which I think is really, really cool and or incorporating that into sex work. So enough of me rambling. I really, really am excited to introduce everyone to this week's guest. She goes by the name of Serena Rain, and she is based in Alberta, Canada. And I think she's wonderful. I've peeped and creeped her Instagram <laughs> as research for the past couple of weeks, and I'm really excited to connect with her. So, Serena, are you there? Hi, Sharon. Hi, it's so nice to meet you. Hi. You too. I've heard so many great things, and basically, um, you were requested to be on the show by uh, the Liquid Cherry Strip, which was last week's episode. Mike is a great friend of mine, and he's like, you have to interview this girl in some former capacity, and I was like, who is this person? And then I was like, oh, I'm already following her on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, she does all the anime stuff, like super cool. And I just can't wait to get to know more about you, like where you come from, what your story is. All I know is that you are a dancer based out of Alberta and you incorporate cosplay into your own form for next work. Yeah, like please, please tell the audience, like, you know, in your own words and in your own terms, like define who you are, um, however you want to describe yourself. Yeah, so... Basically, I am an exotic entertainer, dancer, stripper, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I've been dancing for just about seven years now. I think October will be seven years. Wow, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. I started at uh, Fresh 18. That's the legal age out here in Alberta. So not long after my 18th birthday, I just kind of decided, you know what, like, I'm going to give it a shot. That's always oh, wow. been sort of a dream of mine just to be up on stage and performing I love that aspect of it oh wow like do you ever have any like prior or previous like dance experience or anything like that at all have, have you been on a stage before like competing or anything like that prior to yeah. doing dancing yeah tell yeah, us tell I, us <laughs> uh, I was a competitive dancer all throughout my childhood tap jazz ballet hip-hop you name it I pretty much did it 
everything um, under the sun. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, I was a cheerleader for several several years too. So oh, me too. <laughs> I mean, well, in British Columbia, at least, but, um, yeah, like, I was doing cheerleading more on, like, the uh, university, and, yeah, yeah, so much fun. I miss those days. (laughs) I do, too. I did three years in high school, and then I did, I think, three or four years after that on an all-star team. Oh, wow. So, you must be crazy good for all the tumbling and all the amazing things. (laughs) Actually, I was a terrible tumbler. I was tiny, so they just tossed me around and called it good. (laughs) I sucked at tumbling. If you, if anyone's listening and doesn't know what tumbling is, you know all the crazy backflips and, and all the, like the crazy somersaults they do in the air. And that's basically what it is. So yeah. <laughs> and I'm assuming you were probably a top. Yeah, I was. There we go. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was a base. <laughs> you're like you look strong and you're bigger than the other girls, and I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like slightly offended, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, right? It's like, uh, thanks for the compliment. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's cool that you had such an athletic and artistic background, too, especially with dance. That that always lends a hand to um, anyone dancing on stage, although dance experience is not required or any kind of flexibility training not required, but it can be helpful in the type of show that you produce, which we're going to get into soon enough. So, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I found it. It really helped. Um, I was really comfortable in front of a crowd to begin with, so it was it was really easy for me to kind of make that transition. Totally. Like, did you ever think about, I guess, like stripping? Like, what you mentioned, this is something that you always wanted to do. Like, in what aspect? In terms of the sex work aspect? In terms of like the money aspect? Obviously, or just like being an exhibitionist and being like, okay, cool, I'm really cool. Like, you know, being naked in front um, of everyone. <laughs> kind of hard to explain I used to joke about it all the time in high school I got really really good grades like I was super smart so everybody's like oh you're gonna go to university you're gonna do this you're gonna do that and I was like nah I'm just gonna be a stripper and back then it was kind of a joke oh my god but the more I thought about it the more I was like actually yeah that sounds like a lot of fun like I just get to go up there I get to wear all these costumes and I get to just like dance and perform and do my thing and be impressive like that sounds amazing. Yeah. So I guess, like, as you said, fresh out of 18, like, you were like, okay, I'm going to try this. And we're yeah. going to do it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what was, what's the process like in Alberta, I guess, if you were wanting to audition or if you wanted to work at a club? Um, so basically, I personally went down to um, the club that I wanted to work at, and they had an amateur night. So you just get up on stage, and mm-hmm. you kind of just do your thing, give it a try. Amateur night ended up not going the night that I was there. There wasn't enough girls that signed up. No. So I talked to the manager, and I was like, hey, I really want to do amateur contests. And he was just like, why don't you just start dancing? Oh. So, yeah, he helped me. Um, we have an agency out here. You just call the agency. They help you get your license through your city or um, through them. Mm-hmm. And then from there, once you have a license to work, you pretty much just show up and you start um, freelancing. So basically, it's just you do um, lap dances or VIP dances. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Right. Yeah. So that's how you and began. You, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue. Continue. (laughs) Um, You, uh, you kind of start there and then, um, you go 
after work or before work or to a studio and you start practicing your stage routines, pole, whatever you're going to do. And once you're good enough, you kind of talk to the manager and you say, hey, I'd like to start booking stage. And then you get um, an audition and they like, yeah, you're good for this club, this club, and this club, but not this one. You need to be at a higher level or whatever. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Like, yeah, I've did. I've done a couple episodes with other Alberta based strippers and I forgot. Yeah. You need to have a license there. Like I remember like hearing about like, I think you go to like city hall and like apply. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. It's really different than how it's done in in British Columbia, but also like other parts of the world too. So yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing some of that insight too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I remember you mentioning Oh yeah, like I, I get to be on stage, be impressive, and I get to wear all these amazing costumes, which is totally the topic we're going to be talking about today is costumes and, and cosplay specifically. I don't know if you want to give the audience a little background about, well, what cosplay is in case people are not like familiar with that term or what it is, but maybe if you want to branch off into that aspect of your life, I, I feel like we might need a little bit of background (laughs) yeah for sure so cosplay is just costume play Mm -hmm. smashed together into one word Mm -hmm. basically you dress up in different costumes of characters you've seen in movies or tv it originally started as a big thing in japan where people would dress up as their favorite anime characters yes Mm -hmm. so like sailor moon is a really popular one that one's (laughs) Like, I feel like almost every girl that grew up in the 90s grew up watching Sailor Moon. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so that was kind of where that all started. Sailor Moon was probably the first anime I ever watched, and I was like, wow, like, I want to dress up like that one day. Yeah. And, you know, people get to do it for uh, Halloween and Mm -hmm. things like that, but I just wanted, I wanted to do more. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I started looking into it, and there's actually, like, a huge cosplay community of just people who go to cons or conventions mm-hmm. where you can dress up in costumes, or you don't have to, but you can, mm-hmm. and you get to connect with some really awesome, like-minded people, trade some tips on how to um, build your own costumes, or good websites to buy them from, or if somebody's taking custom commissions for costumes... Right. Yeah, I never even thought about yeah. it that way. So cool. <laughs> so, like, I guess you were, if I'm getting this chronologically, you discovered anime, or Sailor Moon, or whatever anime that you were into. I was also a really big Sailor Moon fan. Also, sidebar, does your stage name have anything to do with, with, with cosplay, too? Because Serena was, like, Sailor Moon, too. <laughs> Actually doesn't. I it doesn't. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe by, like by some strange coincidence, it was like okay, like maybe this is part of her story. Like that would be really cool. <laughs> okay, so so you discovered anime. Do you have any favorites or like what, what were you into? I'm just curious because <laughs> I used to be like a big anime fan um, growing up. Um. So I really liked Studio Ghibli films. So yes. Spirited Away, Moving mm-hmm. Castle. Um, Kiki's Delivery Service. Yes. 
Totoro. My neighbor Totoro. That's yes. a huge one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's like those are what I grew up with. That Sailor Moon, Inuyasha. Yes. Oh um, my god. Inuyasha. Dragon Ball Z. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, that's kind of what I grew up on, and these days I'm into not different, but still different. There's one on Netflix even. It's called Seven Deadly Sins. I've been hooked mm. on that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have to add it to my roster. My, uh, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I just need new shows to watch. I mean, I haven't, I personally haven't watched anime since I was like, maybe, yeah, like a kid. So maybe up until I was maybe 11 or 12 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, but I, I grew, like, like you, I grew up with, like, yeah, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if you ever watched Slayer or, like, Fushigi Yugi or, like, there's another one I like called Karekano. There's another one I like called Wedding Peach that used the same um, illustrators as Sailor Moon. <laughs> there was, like, oh, God, there, there was so much I used to watch, and I was heavily influenced by, like, my siblings because they were older than me, and they would just like bring home all these different anime and we'd have to like read the subtitles and stuff like that back in the day but I remember like and this is a sidebar for everyone listening I apologize but I remember like (laughs) and why this goes in so well with the topic was that I remember for Halloween one year do you remember the anime card capture Sakura yes yes so I and she had so many amazing costumes in the show and I remember there was this one outfit that I really liked. It was like red with bows and everything. And then like she's wore she wore this choker with a giant like um, bell that I think was really popular back then. And yeah. I remember trying to cosplay that for Halloween. And I remember like back in the day when I was growing up, like cosplay was like not popular. Like anime in general was not popular at all. And I remember this is probably my last Halloween. And then someone was like, what are you? <laughs> and, I'm yeah. just, and I'm just like, I'm Sakura from Card Capture Sakura. And they're like, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> what is that? Like, English, please? Like, what are you saying? I got like, that all the time, too. Like, what? what is that supposed to be? Oh, yeah. it's from an anime. Oh, okay, cool. And just left it at that. Yeah, the conversation just, like, dies after that. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I mean, I'm so glad you can relate to that, too. Because, like, I mean, that was probably, I mean, as far as I went with cosplay. But you obviously took it further. So your interest in anime was, like, okay, well, maybe, like, I don't know how you were connected with other cosplayers. But maybe you were on forums or connected with people online. Or, like, how did that part spawn out of your interest oh. really. Um, that's, that's kind of a tough question. It, <laughs> it was always just something that I really liked doing, but never thought of as like something I could do uh, professionally or like even outside of Halloween, really. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> before I started stripping, I started working at a company that did um princess parties for kids okay yes yes yeah so I you know I kind of used that as the springboard I started working there dressing up as 
different princesses or um, popular movie characters and going to kids' birthday parties and having, like, princess tea parties with them and things like that. Oh, that's so cute. And then I was like, yeah, and then I was like, oh, okay, so, like, there is a little more of a market for, like, grown-up dress-ups. <laughs> <laughs> grown-up dress-up, I love it. Yeah, and... So from there, I just, like, I started hand-sewing all my own costumes, and then I got a sewing machine and started sewing some other ones that I I saw in movies, I was like, wow, I really love that dress, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that kind of translated into dancing. I started making a couple of my own costumes that I based on, like, popular characters, and... Yeah. Yeah. And now <laughs> here we are. Like <laughs> and now we're on this show talking about this. Like so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so amazing. Like when you were first starting to build and create your own costumes, was that really difficult in the beginning? Were you just kind of just testing things out or just trying things here and there? Or were there any like guides or tutorials online that you can refer to? Or like what's your process in that? Back then, I used to buy clothes that were as similar to what I was looking for as possible. So if I was Mm. doing, say, a Rapunzel cosplay, I'd go out to, like, Value Village and try to find, like, a purple dress that I could cut up and Mm. add things to. To Um, it. My sewing skill wasn't quite to the level that it's at now, so I really Mm. had to, like, sit down and hand sew things or just find a way to modify things. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But now, there's, like, a ton of great resources out there. One in particular is um, Kamui Cosplay. Okay. She sells tons and tons and tons of cosplay books and sewing templates and uh, just generally, like, awesome resources for cosplay. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. It's so nice to hear how much um, the cosplay industry has really, really evolved. Like, yeah. this never existed before. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. <laughs> no. Because there's so much craftsmanship and artistry that goes into making each costume, whether it is for your cosplay or whether even they're just, like, regular clothes and whatnot. I know, and I suck at sewing. Like, hand sewing is, like, the worst. Like, I... <laughs> It's such a pain. It takes so long and I just like, oh my goodness, I do not have the patience for this right now. But you just, you said you were you didn't have any skills before. Were you then self-taught or did you find some guides online too or like take any classes to get you to where you are now and then to even like graduate with like a sewing machine like to upgrade? Like tell us a little bit about that. So I am completely self-taught I just do things over and over and over and over again until they stop sucking (laughs) (laughs) that is pure talent for sure (laughs) it's it's a lot of long nights a lot of busted needles and sore thumbs but it it also kind of tied back into my stripping because I really wanted to create like super beautiful super unique stage costumes that Mm. I couldn't find anywhere and some of the costume ladies that uh, make stripper costumes just, they didn't understand my vision. So I'd get something and I'm like, mm, this is nice, but it's not really what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just kind of 
I just kind of took matters into my own hands and started sewing my own costumes. I love that. That's so cool because like costumes are such a huge part of being a dancer. Like, oh my gosh, I'm always in awe of like some of the costumes that, you know, a lot of feature dancers that they have. I'm like, oh my gosh, like a five piece set. And like, you could just see if you look at the detailing at some of these pieces, like they are gorgeous and they're also not cheap as well. No, no, I have several thousand dollar costumes. Yes. <laughs> they, they, it, it adds up quickly, you know, because it's one thing to spend money on the materials and then you have to pay. Um, if you're not making your own, you pay for the labor that goes into it. You pay for mm-hmm. all the extras, like if you want more pieces or if you want like bling on them, if you mm-hmm. want specific like uh, connectors for the bras or the panties or different pieces yeah Yeah. it adds up quick (laughs) it definitely adds up quick and it's such an investment you know like yeah and I feel like and I'm totally one of those well for me I'm describing myself I'm not calling everyone that's like this but I'm one of those lazy dancers that just likes really nice lingerie And uses that um, as like my getup, but uh, I'm always in like just complete admiration of some of the beautiful costumes that I've seen and shared the stage with. So like, props to you, <laughs> and props <laughs> to all the costume people out there too. <laughs> wow, when when you started making your own costumes for the stage. Was that, was that like a game changer for you or did that change your stage presence in any way or, or um, at all? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Honestly, it was the, the first one that I'm like really, really proud of. I kept my graduation dress. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. And I hacked it up and I made a little mermaid costume out of it because <gasps> it's bright green. So I used it as the tail. Oh, that's the one that I screenshotted to use for questions on my account, I think. That is gorgeous. That was your grad dress before? It was, yeah. What? Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Wow. Like, how, like, okay, I'm just really curious about, like, your process. Like, when you have a vision for something, um, how do you go about tackling that? Because... To me, as someone who doesn't sew, it just seems so complicated. Where do you even start? <laughs> um, I, I usually start by, like, sketching out kind of the idea that I have in my head. And inspiration usually comes from a song or a set that I like, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had this costume so I could use this song on stage. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, Mm -hmm. like, um, the thing that started the Little Mermaid costume was I heard a metal cover of Poor Unfortunate Souls. Oh. And I was like, I have to dance to this. Yeah. Like, I I just had to. So, um, I just, I looked around my house and I was like, well, like, you know, I don't really know what to do. So, I just started drawing and I was like, I need it to be easy to move in so I can't have an actual mermaid tail. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't really walk in one of those <laughs> nine inch heels, but <laughs> I just uh, I, and then I saw my grad dress. It was just hanging up in the closet, and it was bright green, like the Little Mermaid's tail. And I was like, you know what? Like 
I, I bet I could chop that up and make something really cool out of it because the skirt on the bottom is really full and it kind of almost looks like seaweed or sea foam or something. Yeah. And yeah, and then I just sketched something out in my little my little drawing pad and then I was like, okay, that's good enough. And I started in with my scissors. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aren't you ever like nervous felt especially if you're about to hack something up? Like aren't you nervous about like, oh my gosh, like there's no undo button on this. Like <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Oh. Um I definitely took my time with that one because it was first of all a very expensive dress and mm-hmm. second of all only like my second ever <gasps> big, big costume that I had tried to make. No way. That's ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I, I am figured, so impressed. I figured it'd be okay because all I was doing really was cutting like the corset top off and mm-hmm. then just kind of adding a nice finish to the edge. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it should be okay. <laughs> I guess like in theory, the way that you're explaining it, it sounds simple enough. Have you ever had like times where you just like completely fucked up though? Like you're just like, oh shit, there goes like a waste of X amount of hundreds of dollars of fabric or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um I was making a Pokemon trainer cosplay. Fun. Fun. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm going to do an ice type. I had this really cool blue, um, I think it's called Minky. It's like super soft and super fuzzy. Ooh. And so I was like, oh, this will be so cute for like an ice trainer Pokemon. And I have this really nice icy blue uh, like satin that I can trim it with. And I started sewing and then I realized I didn't leave a seam allowance. No. So it ended up being way too small. It was so <gasps> tight I couldn't even put it on. No. Yeah, and I didn't didn't realize until I was done and went to put it on. I was like, why doesn't this fit? Oh, my God. That's so devastating and disappointing. No. It was a little bit of fabric, which was whatever, you know, it happens. But it was more so the time that I put in. I was like, Mm -hmm. I just put, like, three, four days into sewing this, like, elaborate jacket, and it doesn't even fit. Yeah, I, I really was curious and want to ask you that next, actually, about, like, what what's the general lead time for for projects and for, for outfits? And, and I know it can probably vary from costume to costume, but generally speaking. Uh, generally speaking, I would say it takes me about two weeks to go from the sketch to the finished project. Oh, wow. Wow. And yeah. like how many costumes are you making? Because I can't imagine. Either, like that, it's just you making them. So <laughs> it's very time consuming. <laughs> yeah. I, I just make them for myself. So it's just kind of whenever inspiration hits. It's not, mm. it's nothing too major. Totally. Um, the biggest, the biggest project was actually my hentai costume Ooh, and uh, about that. <laughs> I just had this idea I was like watching so we do big competitions out here we do like Miss Nude Alberta I'm sure they do like Miss Nude BC or Miss Nude West Coast out there mm-hmm. yes or we used to because now that venue is closed so when <laughs> we'll see what happens um, yeah. Um, but yeah we have like Miss Nude Alberta out here and so I really wanted to do like an anime themed show so I was like I'm going to do, I'm going to do a hentai show. Like, yeah. And so I made like this cute little, like almost like made outfit, but it's got like a big bow on the back made out of 
like a faux tentacle and of course the tentacle over it and it went over well but a lot of people didn't really understand what it was so. right that's the only problem it's like people are not gonna understand things sometimes but like well now i think that anime and manga and like hentai like all that stuff to me is commonplace especially now with the internet like and reddit yeah. and like discord and so many different forums and stuff like that like it's like common knowledge in my opinion but still depending on where you are and some places in alberta too are just like what's that what's yeah yeah well, <laughs> i also find that like you know hentai doesn't necessarily mean just tentacles it just means mm-hmm. strange or outside of the normal so when you're going on stage dressed as a cute little maid girl coming out of a box that says sex bot and you've got tentacles everywhere people are like what is going on yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, you know what? And since we're talking about competitions, um, anything really goes for competitions. Oh, yeah. Seriously, I've seen some, like, really cool stuff when I did, um, I think it was Miss Nude West. Yeah, it was Miss Nude West, West Coast. And I remember, what was her name? Dancer. I don't even know if she's dancing anymore. Bailey? I can't remember her other, there's like two names, Bailey, but I'm sure a lot of BC people will know what I'm talking about, but she did this crazy, like bloody, and it was like near Halloween too. So it was like so cool to see her spewing out all this like fake blood that she like made out of, I don't even know what it was, but there was like (laughs) bloody everything. And it was just like gory and fun. And I feel bad for the person dancing after that because I'm sure like (laughs) it was a bitch to clean up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we've had a we've had a few like really cool really crazy shows like we had one girl lemon drop actually i think she comes and dances out there too oh um she did like a full-on saw show like from the movie saw she came out what? as jigsaw on her little tricycle and like there was fake blood and glitter and it was super gory and super amazing oh my gosh that's awesome like if yeah. anyone gets a chance to see any, like, stripper Olympics or any kind of, like, Miss Nude or any kind of, like, exotic dance type of competition, definitely go and see it. Because it's not your standard everyday, like, me and lingerie kind of thing. Like, they're full-on yeah. shows with themes and everything. And it's just, like, so, so, so amazing. Right? Shameless little plug here. September 27th to October 2nd is Stripper Olympics in Alberta at Shade in Edmonton. There we go. And I'm so glad you picked up on my prompt. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. Are you competing? Yes, I am. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Do we, are you allowed to say what you're planning or are we going to keep it tight-lipped? Um, it's close enough now I can say it. Mm -hmm. I am doing a Nightmare Before Christmas (gasps) show. No, I love Tim Burton. I love that movie. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see, like, your photos, at least. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are, those are coming very soon. I just, um, I'm booking a photo shoot. I've got, like, most yes. of the pieces ready. I've got all my stage props ready. I've got my music picked out. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I am so excited for you. This sounds so freaking epic. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait. It's been like the, it's been like the little brainchild for the last two years that I've just been slowly working on and mm. 
adjusting, tweaking, trying to find new things like from the movie even to bring into the show. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm like just trying to picture what this would even look like. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm excited. (laughs) It's going to be, hopefully it's going to be amazing. Well, I wish you all the best. I mean, break a leg. So, um, yeah, because... Yeah, they'll by the time this episode's out, like there'll be a few more weeks at least until until Stripper Olympics happen. So if you are in Canada, uh, be sure to make your way over to Shade. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides stage, do you ever incorporate cosplay into some of your OnlyFans uh, work as well? Uh, yes, I do actually. Ooh, what has been? What has like the response been like there for you? I feel like most people who do follow me on OnlyFans understand who I am as a person, and I'm, I'm very nerdy, I'm very geeky, so <laughs> I think it was kind of expected, so it was generally very well received. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I did, um, I did May the 4th, like May the 4th be with you, so I had a bunch oh, of Star Wars costumes. Fun. <laughs> and that one went over really, really well. Yeah, usually quite popular, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Do you advertise anywhere else, like on Reddit or like any other um, like subculture kind of niche type uh, forums or anything like that or like Reddit or Twitter? Um, I don't have a Twitter. I don't really use my Snapchat. I was on Reddit for a little bit, but I got booted out of a couple groups because I guess I didn't read the rules properly. Oh, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, pretty much just on Instagram for now. Mm, yeah. I feel like you would have so much potential. Like, there's so many, like, cosplay dedicated accounts out there that people just, like, fangirl, fanboy over. Yeah. Yeah, that I feel like you would do so well because, like, the work that I've seen just on your Instagram alone is just so inspiring and amazing. I'm just, like, <laughs> so cool. I'm nerding out right now, as you can tell. <laughs> Do you ever take any requests? Like, do fans ever request anything for for you or, like, anything like that? Yeah. So, um, especially if I'm going to be doing um, con appearances, I always kind of let people know that I'm going to be there. And then I'm like, hey, like, what costumes do you guys want to see? So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to ask you about that. Like, do you actually attend any, like, anime conventions or anything like that? Yeah, so I do um, Animathon and usually the Edmonton Expo as well. Mm, right. Yeah, like I, I know that here in Vancouver there was like a couple one, like Anime Evolution and Anime something. And you can just know, because like back in the day when I used to work at a hotel, it was right by the convention center. And it would be like breakfast and you'd just see people in costume and maybe like, must be like Anime Expo or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was also interesting because you see all these people in costume and then it'd be mixed in with like the corporate crowd. <laughs> like, that would be amazing to see. Yeah, just like the, the very, very, very confused look on people's faces was always like priceless. <laughs> just a uh, regular everyday businessman sitting down having breakfast across the table from like zero two from Darling in the Franks. <laughs> amazing (laughs) well I want to like flip the conversation to you like this is all fun and and light and stuff too and like yes like 
a lot of the work that we do in sex work is playing dress up and even just not even take not even taking it in the sex work um context but also in general as a cosplayer it is like being costume it's like halloween every day or whenever like you choose to dress up right and i think that's awesome i think that's great i think it's a really awesome way of expressing yourself your artistry and who you are and your creativity um but i mean in recent years and with blm and everything that's going on politically at what point is it no longer dress up and you're like appropriating at some point like when when is that it's there's such a fine line with that sometimes i yeah there really is the way i look at it the way i personally see it is as long as it's done in a positive manner Mm -hmm. and it's not like it's not hurting anybody and you're not if you're not asian fishing basically if you're just you know dressing up as that character Mm -hmm. i think Personally, I believe that that's okay, especially if it's, like, a fictional character with, like, pink hair or something. Something that can be seen as real. Mm -hmm. Like, they're very obviously not a real person, and maybe they're racially ambiguous. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I got you. I got you. And I feel like, and I can't say it's for all anime, because a lot of anime is based on, like, you know... Uh, real like real life Japan or whatnot or wherever yeah. it may be, right? Um, but a lot of like the fantasy, like or it's very fiction. It's very fictional, and those are very obvious, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So I, I definitely agree with you in that in that sense. Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I think I think as long as you're respectful about it, then for the most part, it's okay. If you are. If you're doing it in an appreciative way, I would say, mm. and respecting the culture behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I I personally, when I did my hentai show, I picked more of like um, a, a fictional type of character. So I I picked like a like a sex bot. Yeah. It was just this made up robot that's designed in the basement of a sex shop in Tokyo like (laughs) that's kind of that was kind of my line like okay I can't be Asian fishing in this so I have to just look very cartoony very anime keep it very unrealistic right yeah keep it unrealistic for sure Mm -hmm. yeah because it's it's really hard because like with I guess specifically with anime and also specifically with like hentai or manga you can't it's like really hard to separate the like the culture out of that because it was born in Japanese culture right and there are so many stereotypes that come with Japanese culture as well which I think sometimes it's real it's like treading on really like dangerous lines sometimes there too depending on what it is yeah mm -hmm, yeah did you want to elaborate a little bit on that as well yeah so um i know that there are certain cultures like um for example native americans who the headdress is very sacred to it has a very specific meaning yes things like that and that's where you get into the cultural appropriation because you're taking something that is 
very culturally significant and using it to play dress up. So it feels disrespectful. Yes, yes. Whereas if you stick to more of the fantasy realm of the Japanese culture, it's a little more acceptable as long as you're Mm. not... um, Even geisha cosplays, I find, are on that line of cultural appropriation because geishas were Mm -hmm. a very... um, a very prominent thing in Japanese culture. Yes. Yes. And so that's kind of where that line is for me. You know, you wouldn't dress up in like a full kimono and yeah. the full geisha makeup and everything without understanding the the meaning behind it. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that for sure. It's really hard sometimes too when especially when say something like like a kimono um has been streamlined into like fashion like in terms of like robes and stuff too where I feel like that may be acceptable because it's not even anywhere close to what an actual kimono is like if you actually dress up in one it's like quite a process to get into a traditional kimono yeah so I feel like that in that kind of aspect it's a little bit okay yeah it's Mm -hmm. It's less about the culture than it's more about just the you're wearing a robe and it's yeah. just comfortable. It's open. It's exactly. I think. Yeah. I think because um, I I wear kimonos on stage <laughs> as like a cover up as well, but also because my name is Kimchi as well. But I'm also Asian though too, so I feel like meh. But I think where it gets murky is like okay, if you're wearing a kimono and then you add like chopsticks in your hair and you're doing some kind of bow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's gimmicky and almost offensive. Yeah, definitely. Definitely gimmicky and offensive for sure. Like, it's just, it's so tricky now. Um, But I feel like if you ask yourself the question, like, does this make me uncomfortable? Then you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. Right. Do you often and ask that's... yourself questions like that too? I do, yeah. I... Um, I wanted to do, uh, like a Pocahontas costume when I first started Mm. and I was like, well, is that really appropriate knowing like the proper history behind that? And I was like, "Mm, you know what? Like, I just don't think so. I'm Mm -hmm. very pale. I have blue eyes. I have, at the time I had blonde hair. I was like, that's not, that's not appropriate. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was going (laughs) to, I was actually going to bring up the Pocahontas reference as well (laughs) because I feel like back when we were growing up, that was just something you dressed up for Halloween. And that was just something you did before. But then now, like, we're so woke and it's just like, that is really not okay. Even that movie is just like, (laughs) not okay. (laughs) No, they they completely warped the true story behind it to fit a narrative. Of course. It's Disney. (laughs) It is. I'm still a Disney fan, but some of the older movies, I'm like, whoo, as an adult, I'm just like, I don't know if I support this. Yeah. <laughs> a little uncomfortable, but um, going back to what you were saying too, I don't know, and I don't want to assume that you're white, but you're definitely white presenting. Do you ever feel uncomfortable yeah. being white presenting, or if you are white, doing some parts of cosplay at all, or? I do try to pick characters that suit my look. 
mm-hmm. or are very fantasy based and completely open to interpretation. Totally. So, like fairies, a fairy could be anything. Yeah. So, for me, that's not any kind of appropriation or anything like that. It's just just a little pretty girl with wings, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of my my comfort zone or my preferred comfort zone. It's just something that. Uh, can't really be construed as anything else. Totally. And you do a great job at fairies. I've seen on your Instagram, like, this is so perfect. <laughs> like a real life fairy. <laughs> Thank you. Totally on brand. I think, I think it's great. And, and just to be, um, just to kind of make it clear, I think that cosplay is accessible for anyone. Doesn't matter what race you are or anything like that. Um, I think it's great, and I think it's a great way to kind of um, be introduced to other cultures and other stories and and fantasies too. It's just it's fun, as you said. Going back to the lightheartedness of it all, it is playing dress up, right? Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I feel it's all about. Is just putting on a costume and being somebody else for the day like yes you can be whoever you want to be and you know there's nothing stating that you know just because the character that you're cosplaying is uh, super thin with blonde hair that you can't cosplay that if you don't look like that Mm -hmm. it's very it's very open to interpretation if you resonate with that character for whatever reason you just like their outfit put it on wear it go to a convention have fun that's what those are supposed to be about exactly have fun I love I love that I'm gonna (laughs) I want to keep things on a high note I was gonna like go into a whole topic about fetishization but I feel like I've done that in other episodes and maybe I'll keep that aspect for I don't know I'm not sure if you're and I'm still familiarizing myself with it too but I'm not sure if you're familiar with like waifu um yes yes I feel like that is a, another episode in and of itself and that can really go hand in hand with fetishization for it, sure it definitely can yeah yeah like we don't have enough time for that today <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. and I wanted to keep it nice and light too I feel like I've done so many advocacy episodes and so much political episodes too that like it's it's nice to mix things up a little bit too but also, I mean, we got into like appropriation and and some of the harder topics there, which I also think it's really important to talk about. But I have had so much fun talking to you about your process, about like everything that you do um, in terms of cosplay and like intertwining that with sex work. I think that's so freaking cool. <laughs> but there's definitely made it more interesting. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. For sure. There's a bunch of questions that came in as well, and they're all over the board. So I guess we can kind of go into that next. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so the first one is, what is your favorite anime? Ooh. <laughs> My all-time favorite, like, just across the board, it's, it has to be Seven Deadly Sins. Okay, you're saying this again, and now I feel like I have to watch this. <laughs> okay. It's got everything. It's got magic. It's got romance. It's got demons and angels and plot twists. And it's amazing. What's the premise for the show? Um, basically, it's about a group of disgraced knights from 
3,000 years ago who are working to restore their title, and they are working with the princess of the kingdom. Ooh, cool. Very fantasy-like. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to give too much away because if I say too much more, it'll ruin it. <laughs> I can tell you're holding back. Okay, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do some homework and <laughs> report back to you. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, where are we at? Okay, it's an open-ended question. So, um, in terms of like cosplaying in sex work, uh, how far do you take it? I know we kind of briefly touched on this earlier, but if there's anything else you want to add, feel free to add it now. If I could do all cosplay outfits for all of my shows, I absolutely would. Yes. <laughs> I do know that a lot of people don't understand it, so I do tame it down and I have some of the more generic costumes as well. Yes. Yes. Generic costumes, French maid, school girl. Yeah. <laughs> what a fireman. <laughs> the police officer. Yes. But those are fun too. Those are fun. Oh, totally. Yeah. They never get old, right? Classic. Classic, for sure. <laughs> um, should sex workers try to be more ethical in their use of cosplay? Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think that all around, it's a fantasy world. Yes. So, you know, even just within the four walls of the strip club, it's very much a fantasy. And as long as there's no harm being done, I don't see a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe, like, and this is where it gets tricky because I, I believe in, like, freedom of expression. And, you know, if you want to dress up like Pocahontas, dress up like Pocahontas. But then again, that's a really bad example because of the implications. All of the, yeah, all the yeah. cultural implications associated. Right, yeah. I think even just going back to what you said, too, it's based in fantasy. Um, that's just, like, sex work in general. Um, yeah. We're, we're role-playing a fantasy. Yes. So, like, I feel people and patrons need to understand that degree of separation and understand the roles that we are both playing as somebody on stage or provider um, and their role as the customer. Yeah, definitely. And it ends there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, another serious t- question here, or what I think is maybe more serious, but... Um, we know that fetishization of stereotypes sells, but can you use it to your own, your, can you use it to your own advantage and make money off of it without damaging, without any damage, or is it contributing to a harmful behavior and therefore should be made more ethical, even if it means being financially less interesting? That's a um, big one. I feel like there's like a couple questions in there. That's a very well thought out question. Yes, very. <laughs> Thank you, um, listener. <laughs> I believe that if you fit a certain stereotype, so for example, I'm very small and very petite. I'm very anime looking to be honest I, I've got the eyes I can do my makeup a certain way and I can play to that mm-hmm. 
And as long as I personally keep it based in the fantasy, like very much an anime character and not so much Asian fishing, Mm -hmm. then I do believe that's okay. Mm -hmm. But when it gets into things like um, more to the cultural uh, side of things, then I think that's where you hit a little bit of a an ethical issue. Mm. Yeah. So I personally wouldn't be willing to do a Pocahontas costume or um, a Native American outfit, regardless of the amount of money that would be involved. Yeah. It just like, doesn't feel right. It doesn't. Yeah. We have morals too. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to go back to what you said too, because I know you said it earlier too, but um, I just wanted you to maybe define it because this is a term I've never heard of until now, but you keep mentioning the term Asian fishing. Is that kind of like catfishing, but pretending that you're Asian or like? Yeah. So it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, um, I've seen it a lot. This is going to be really bad. It's, I've seen it a lot on TikTok or even on certain Instagram posts. Yes. People will use like face tape to slightly alter their facial structure or the way their facial structure appears what you know going from more typically asian features such as like the more slanted eyes or the very mm-hmm. narrow chins things like that what? and so that's when it kind of gets into the asian fishing when you're not asian but trying to present as asian oh wow that is yeah. that is weird as an asian person that is fucking weird like <laughs> <laughs> That makes me so uncomfortable. But yeah, I've seen so much horrendous crap on like TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Disturbing content. That's so interesting. Oh my gosh. I guess <laughs> people, I guess people do that. I mean, I know and this is a side question, but like, where do you think that comes from? Do you think it's because one, they're trying to imitate our culture or that two, because they actually really want to be Asian? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, honestly, and I think mm. this actually ties back into the um, fetishization of Asian cultures mm-hmm. and Japanese cultures. Um, yes. You know, there's such a, like, a hot thing right now. Back when I was a kid or a teenager or whatever, it wasn't cool to watch anime, and you mm-hmm. were, like, made fun of, you were a nerd, yes. and <laughs> now that it's become popular, I think people kind of want to almost get in on that, like, oh, like, look, I'm nerdy too, but they go about it the wrong way. Yeah, that's definitely the wrong way. Please don't do that, anyone listening. <laughs> Please, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, gosh. Gross. Um, I can, like, open up a whole can of worms on that topic, but I'm going to choose not to right now. So, <laughs> but thank you for defining that because I was like, I've never heard of this term before. This is new to me. So, I'm constantly learning. <laughs> Okay, so this is going back to costumes. So, um, how can I make a Spider-Man outfit look authentic but functions well in pole dancing? So I feel Ooh. like they're asking for like sticky grip, probably. Um, there's this stuff called gecko fabric. Oh, and it's it's used to make a lot of like pole dance leggings and stuff like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure that you can um, buy yards of fabric like that. But um, it's basically just almost like um, like the little rubber grips on the bottom of some socks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's like that it's like that all over and then it it sticks to the pole so you're not just sliding off yes because when you wear any kind of cloth you <laughs> you will you will fall down you will slide <laughs> yeah it it does not work no matter how hard you try <laughs> get gecko grip yeah gecko grip gecko grip i love how you already just like knew about that that's so cool <laughs> I, uh, I have been contemplating a Spider Gwen costume for quite some time, but I was running into the same issue. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, so a couple questions here. So I know you mentioned earlier you, you don't sell your costumes. You just make it for yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's right. Right. So maybe we'll just um, – because the original question was, how do you feel when a costume idea doesn't sell well? So maybe we can just change this costume or <laughs> change this um, question to uh, how do you feel when a costume idea doesn't, you know, um, the outcome isn't what you expected? Yeah. If it doesn't turn yeah. out the way that you want it to be. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go back to my hentai costume because that is the perfect freaking example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I was super stoked on it. I was so pumped about this idea. I just, I loved it. And I did it for a big contest show. It was like my big dramatic reveal. And it just kind of felt flat because people didn't understand it mm-hmm. or didn't understand what it was. And it, it was honestly, it was like, it was a little bit soul crushing. No. <laughs> I, was, I was just so excited for it. And then when people were like, what's that? I'm like, oh. Okay, that's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> no. I want to see pictures of this if you have any. Like, this sounds so there. freaking cool. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple up on my Instagram. Okay, I will creep further later. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I forgot to say the second part of the question there, but how, yes. do, you, how do you get past those motions? Like, when it doesn't work out? Um... I just remember that everything I do isn't going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was really important to me. I was super stoked on it. I still loved it. It's okay that not everybody got it or not that, that not everybody understood it. Right. Um, that's a good way of, of coping, I think. Um, Cause just in general as sex workers, like not everyone's going to like you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's just, like, the way it is. Yeah, that was probably, like, the best advice I got when I started dancing was that, you know, don't take any rejection personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, um, I think I said this before, too. It's a quote that I like to use. But, like, you know, like, you could be the juiciest peach and the most tastiest peach ever, but there's always going to be someone that doesn't like peaches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so don't... Don't harbor too long in those emotions. Don't stay in that train of thought too long. You just kind of like, oh, that sucks, and you got to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is so much fun to chat with you. Oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like we could go on forever, but we'd, we'd probably just be going on so many tangents. <laughs> <laughs> but you were so sweet. Like, this is so much fun. I want to keep going, but... The hour is almost up, so I want to ask you, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Serena underscore Rain, R-A-Y-N-E underscore S-G-H. Um, and that's pretty much it right now online. 
I'm so happy to have connected with you. I am so sure that many more people are going to want to check out what exactly the heck that we're talking about because honestly, you guys just need to see the pictures and the videos. Like, Serena, your craftsmanship is amazing. I'll just say that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's incredible and so much hard work and like you've really... Um, I really appreciate you sharing your process, your vision, like how you go about doing this and like how you have made this into like your own thing and, and your own like, I don't know, your own brand, basically. <laughs> Thank you. I feel super lucky to be able to get to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know many other jobs in the world where you get to just show up and do whatever you want. So <laughs> it's it's a nice kind of freedom, right? <laughs> it really is. Well, it's new ever it's new episodes every single Sunday. Don't forget to like, rate, share, review, and subscribe. And you can get at me on Instagram. So my personal is Sia Steph. Or you can get at me um, on my podcast page, which is stripped by Sia on Instagram and also on Twitter. I'm getting more active on there because it's just a lot more free. And um, that's pretty much it. We'll there'll be another new episode next week but uh Serena thank you so much for joining me today it was a pleasure you're the sweetest little thing and I cannot wait to see your creations for stripper olympics next month (laughs) thank you for having me on it's a blast thanks again bye bye Listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Bellandorama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Dabern.